Welcome back, everyone. We're at the end of the day here in London, and we've been talking about climate change and mental health and violence and abuse and resilience. It's like a weird combination of things we've been talking about today. I'm here with Helen Adams, uh, who has chaired and given a couple of talks here today. Um, and Helen, you said something earlier on when you were talking about resilience in a kind of climate change perspective, which resonated a lot with people who follow me, which is primarily people interested in mental health. Um, this idea that resilience isn't a kind of individual thing, it needs to be seen much more broadly than that. So tell us how you view that from your kind of geographical, ecological perspective, and then maybe we can learn something from that in terms of our mental health. I mean, we don't like the term resilience either, really, anymore. I think I think we, I mean, it's, it's served its purpose, I think, as a boundary object and bringing people together. It's so like any word that doesn't means too many things to too many different people. So it loses any form of meaning. I think, and the main critiques of resilience from, from a kind of critical social science perspective are about the fact that it's a very neoliberal term. It's about, you can't be a geographer without saying neoliberal at least once a day. So I had to get it in, but you, it's making a very vulnerable individual responsible for something that they shouldn't be responsible for. You know, why should they have to look after themselves? Shouldn't there be social support? Shouldn't there be governance and institutions to stop them experiencing, for example, in a disaster risk setting, a hurricane, for example. But um, the way I like to think about it, and I'm quite a proponent of it in some senses, is that resilience thinking is something different from resilience. So I think if the outcome is to make somebody... I mean, in of itself, it's, I mean, a lot of the discussions today have been about scale. So in of itself, asking somebody to, or helping someone to cope isn't a bad thing, is it? It's just that this discussion has focused around, okay, what are the more structural changes that we can make? But I think resilience as a heuristic tool, so to speak, is really useful because it, resilience thinking makes you think about the world differently. And so in my talk, I try to talk a bit about non-linear responses like I don't know in, in your field but you know it's not one degree of this increases and one degree of that increases often there's you know positive feedbacks and or windows of opportunity you know society isn't always ready to make a change but there are certain moments where something happens so somebody was talking about baby pee and you know there's been lots of children that have fallen through you know this, the cracks but this one case led to a change and so what was it in society so there was this window of opportunity for change and so and systems thinking, I mean, I come from a, you know, a social, a physical science background, so I'm a systems thinker, really, but you've got to connect all the parts up together, and I think resilience thinking brings that about. And what did you learn today listening to um, Nadia and Colette talking about violence and abuse and mental health? What are, you, what are you going to bring back to your own field of interest? Nadia's talk was particularly relevant. I mean, basically, she said the same as me, but in a very specific context, or I said the same as her, which is that you can't blame a person for not being resilient. You can't make it about their personality traits. You can't make it about the situation they're in. You have to look at the structural violences that have... You know, she started off by saying that people who have been um, exposed to violence as a child are more likely to be in violent relationships. So there you have it, that, you know, it's a structural problem, not an individual problem. So I think that was really relevant to what, how we think about it in terms of climate change. But I also think there's lots we can get into in terms of how psychological resilience can help you be climate change resilient, and that's where the psychosocial support stuff comes in. And, but how can we start to build on our understanding of 
coping better at humans to then help us with the challenges that are going to come under climate change. Maybe that's where we can take this. And what I got kind of brought away myself from Nadia's talk was the fact that all the stuff that she said was important in terms of resilience outside of the individual, you know, the community assets, the, the, the social support you get mm. from your family and friends, etc. That stuff is on the decrease in our society. Mm. Um, it's either, you know, not being funded anymore or, you know, the, the, the whole kind of political system is very much focusing on the individual. That's a very pessimistic picture. Mm. Well, someone said it as well. Um, uh, one of the participants was about humanity, weren't they? And that, you know, climate change should be this unifier. Why doesn't it unify us? And uh, so then we, we came back with a critique of that, well, we're not very unified humanity, are we? There's a lot of inequality that we've got to deal with. But the thing with climate change is it's the same fight, whether you're a vegan or a feminist or an anti-racist or, you know, fighting against climate. It's the same fight. And I think that's what you draw from that is that... Um, we're all fighting the same battle and, and that we have become too individualistic and if we're going to fight climate change or if we're going to fight mental health issues we're not going to we're not going to do it on our own um, but how you begin to build society again I think is hard but I mean I think that's a big climate change argument so you know I always say to my students you know who's responsible for taking action on climate change and well luckily this year no no people said us because I hate the way there's a personal responsibility for us to fix climate change when, you know, me recycling or me... You know, we have a responsibility to lobby and we have a responsibility to get our governments, to hold our governments to task. But, you know, it's not my responsibility to fight what's a, an institutional and a global problem. And, and maybe it's a bit the same with the mental health, you know. But how, I mean, how we, how we rebuild society, I think that's... <laughs> but, yeah, it's so true, you know. The, the, you know, you need a community, yeah. <laughs>